So, welcome to another sparkling edition of the Thought Police. It's me, Mike Graham, and Matt Kelly sitting opposite me. Matt, you must be absolutely rolling in it this morning. Oh, my God. Not yeah. just is David Cameron sort of, you know, firing on all cylinders and telling us all what a useless Prime Minister he was. Yeah. But Liverpool... Still yes. haven't lost a game. Yes, I, know. I mean, you know, maybe incredible. we should splash on Liverpool for the new well, Europeans. You know, well, you know, I mean, to, to be honest, yeah. you know, in Europe, more yeah. than likely they're going to be doing better than the government, yeah. are, aren't they? Liverpool are flying. They really are. But I'm yeah. worried though because uh, I was listening to a phone in on Radio Five Live last mm. night, uh, and unfortunately for you, you've already got those Liverpool fans going. This is our year. It's We've our already year. Got it no, it's our year. Look at Manchester City. Look how useless they are. Yeah, they look got beaten by Norwich. They did. My my second team. Yeah, though, I, I worked yes, in Norwich. Of course, you're up there. Yeah, I was you? absolutely made up for yeah. Norwich. Brilliant performance. Are you saying struggled. you weren't more made up for the fact that they'd been Manchester City? No, I'm very magnanimous. Of course, you are. However, you say absolutely. That, yeah. So have you got you you know you go sort your dates out. You got to make sure that you're going to be at the last game, the yeah. winning game. No, I've like booked my spot. Have you looking at all that? I've booked my spot in the bus tour. Champions you know. League final. Where's that? This yeah, year? yeah. No idea, but we'll do. <laughs> Well, you always manage to get tickets somehow, right? Yeah. All right, well, we'll talk a bit more about that later yeah. on. But this has been another amazing weekend, right? Absolutely. We've had Boris Johnson likening himself to the Hulk. Yes. Um, we've had David Cameron likening himself to a completely useless Prime Minister. Yeah. Um, we've With had the Dem saying, we're going to leave, uh, we're going to win the next election and uh, get everybody out of this Brexit nonsense. Yeah. Just without a referendum. Without a referendum. We're yeah. just going to basically cancel Brexit. It's, it's getting madder and yeah. madder and madder, isn't it? And even old Keir Starmer saying, we might do better if uh, Jeremy Corbyn wasn't at the Hell. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what to make of it all, really. No. Um, well, let's pick it apart one yeah. by one. I mean, the where should we start? Cameron. I Cameron's think, book, you know. I suppose, is the big thing. Yeah. I mean, he has. I think I, obviously the surprise is just how much he's steamed into. Not so much Boris, I think, but Gove. You know, yes. He's absolutely. Well, Gove seems to be everybody's hate figure. I mean, nobody yeah. seems to like this guy. Well, I tell you who I find even more detestable than Michael Gove right now is Pretty Patel. Oh yeah. Who I watched on the Andrew Marsh show, and the sort of smug avoidance of dealing with any of the yeah. past issues, and this kind of banal face she puts on yeah. about no that was history we move yeah, yeah. on you know it's kind of Jeffrey boycott it really it? is and I th- I just think you know this is now what we're dealing with is what a bunch of people probably ourselves included mm. who are now entrenched completely in our positions yeah. and won't move an inch right and and basically the government I think has been put in this position in a way by parliament um they're not saying what they're doing and they're yeah. not going to say what they're doing. Because they don't, they, I, I don't think they've got anything to say. Well, maybe. You? I think they might have. But yeah. I think the point is they know that the more they give away, the more these people will, will stop them from doing it. But this is bollocks though, isn't it? Because they've got to tell the European Union what they're... I mean, they, we're negotiating with the new, yeah. European Union. So that they've got Except to that we know that the European Union have channels of communication yeah. with people like Dominic Grieve. Yeah. You know, channels of communication so they're going to find with out people anyway. like with Stephen Doughty. They'll find out... Well, no, because no, only if they tell... I mean, they have to be careful who they say stuff to, I guess, is my, is my well, thinking. Well, Boris Johnson's team has got to speak to, to Barnier. Right? Yeah. And the minute he speaks well, to Barnier... he's speaking to him this week, isn't he? Yeah. And the minute he speaks to him and yeah. tells him what the plan or the non-plan yeah. is, it gets leaked out. Well, surely, surely at this level, they have the opportunity to sit in a room with Barnier and all of his aides and say, look, none of this can leak. You cannot leak yeah, any of this. I mean, it's, I mean... Yeah, but, you know, so and if you do leak it... Yeah. The whole deal is off, and we're leaving with no deal. <laughs> no, but that's, well, mean, that's the way I would they do just, it. They'll just shrug and say, "Okay, I'll well, pop." Yeah, I reckon. Well, I mean, why by they, the way, well, why to, are we even having these conversations? To point to 
the European Union side about leaking yeah. is ridiculous because the amount of leaking they do compared to the amount of leaking that went on when Theresa May was yeah. Prime Minister is is negligible. I yes. Mean, we are the leak master general. Well, we might be, but we don't know that for sure. It's entirely possible that there's an awful lot of leaking going yeah. on from, from the other side but as well. But don't you think we should just... What, what is the problem with everybody just knowing what our government is asking for? Because, because Parliament is actively trying to prevent Brexit. We know that now. There yeah. is no doubt in anybody's mind Boris Johnson wrote it in his piece of the Telegraph. Yeah. It's very clear. This is not about stopping no deal. It's yeah. about stopping Brexit. We've and heard the Lib Dems now making that absolutely and utterly clear. Yeah. They do not want to leave the European Union, right? Yeah. Now, they think, like Lib Dems always think, well, it's not, hang on a second. get a it's... sniff of the barmaid's a- a- apron. Yeah. They always think when they've got a little bit of power that they're going to get more power. Yeah. And it never happens. But it's more, I mean, it is more than what you've just said. It's mm. not only do they not want to leave the European Union, but they are just going to tear it up. Mm. You know, they would tear it up. Yeah, but what, you, what I'm saying is they would do anything to, without stop, a us, to yeah. stop us leaving. Yes, they would. That yeah. means including doing a deal with Europe at this stage. They don't worry. They're not worried about um, having an election first. They're not worried about anything. I don't think anything. the Lib Dems would do a deal with, with on anything. They just do not want That's Brexit what I'm saying. Stop, so yeah. they will do their level best to stop yeah. any kind of deal being yeah. made. Yeah. Plus, they will also try and stop any kind of no deal scenario, yeah. meaning that we will never leave. That's exactly. basically their position. That is their position, right? Yeah. And, they think, about it, and yeah. they think that that means they're going to win the election. I, um, but it means they're not going to win the well, election. Well, so, you know, obviously I am, you know, as anti-Brexit as they come. Yeah. But I've got to be honest with you, I am deeply troubled by this new Liberal Democratic mm. policy. Because yeah. I, I, don't think you can, I don't think you can just say, do you know what, if we got into power, we'd just rip up Article yeah. 50... It's got to go back to the people. Well, I was interviewing Tom Brake, right? Yeah. And I said to him, on what grounds would you have the right to rip up Article 50 and go against the democratic vote, yeah, yeah. which was taken by a majority yeah. of people? I said, would it have to be by a large percentage that you win uh, the place of, of, of power in Parliament? Yeah. I said, for example, what if you got 52% of the seats yeah. as opposed to 48% yeah. of the seats? Yeah. What would you do then? Yeah. He said, well, we, we would be able to carry out our... Um, uh, our, prom- our electoral promise. I said, okay. So um, basically you're saying that if that's a big enough majority for you to do what you want, why is it that you keep saying that the referendum majority is not a big enough majority for yeah. us to act on? Yeah. And he couldn't really answer it. No, well, I mean, I, I just think that they have put themselves... It smacks to me that they've looked at Labour recently yeah. and Labour have now finally... It's gone of... even further down in the polls, yeah. by the way, since the last yes, time you and I, I spoke. Yes, I know. Extraordinary, isn't it? And Labour have... But they've got a policy or what looks like a policy on... On Brexit, and are they? Yeah, well, I think so. Well, I think the consensus is that they would put a deal Mm. and a Remain choice back to the people, and there would be another referendum. Right, and they would campaign against the deal, and they would campaign for even though they might have actually uh, negotiated. They might have negotiated the deal and then campaign against their own deal. Okay, so this is the wacko world we live in. Also, quite wacky that Emily Thornberry came up with that particular explanation. Yeah. Um, and I saw the weekend that she was, uh, they were attacking her again yeah. for coming up with this, you know, second homes law, yeah. even though they've all got second homes. The whole front bench of Labour have got at least two homes. John McDonald's got a, got a yeah. lovely little He's cottage place up the, near you. on the bank. In fact, should really? you not be searching that out and doing a big piece on it? I'm sure. Norwich well, I, I don't believe in invading people's privacy. Do but, you not? But, not but now. On his case, we'll make an exception. <laughs> And it was put down by the people that are Corbynistas, right? That's right. This is a dread. This is clearly not a second home. It's yeah. a holiday home. It's a hut. 
Oh, it's a yeah. holiday home. Yeah. And because it's a bungalow, yeah. it's not a house. That's right. And you go, right, yeah. okay. I mean, this is the level And now. he's got three boats. He's got a jetty. You know the thing is to call John Prescott two jets. Two jets, well, yeah. McDonald's, three, three boats, boats. McDonald's. Three yeah. boats from McDonald's. You can imagine him at the, at the helm of anything, right? I was supposed yeah. to have sunk them all. But he's got his own jetty. It's I'm extraordinary. sorry. That means it's yeah. a bit more than a holiday home. Well, just go, listen, going back to mm. the uh, Lib Dems. Yeah. I think they've seen Labour occupy their territory yeah. and they've thought, crikey, we need to go even further yes. to have some sort of unique USP. You yes. Know? And for me, you know, we, you know, we're thinking about well, how do we cover this in the European mm. this week because I am really worried about it and I, I don't agree well, with it. you think it splits the Remain vote? Yeah, really I else. think it'll turn a lot of people off. They've, it's gone too far. Well, I to think, be honest, though, couldn't yeah. you blame that on Labour? Because the Lib Dems have always been pretty clearly pro-European. They've yeah. never said that they want to leave the European Union, and they've always yeah. guaranteed that they were the party of Remain. So I've always actually said they're one of the few political organisations that's been absolutely clear. consistent yeah. and clear all the way through. Yeah. I, like like you, I think they've now gone too far. Mm. However, it's Labour that invaded their territory by saying we are now the party of Remain, yeah. isn't it? But I think that, that the Lib Dems had that kind of... That area, they owned that, mm. and now... They've ceded ground to the Labour Party, yeah. who now own that space, right. and they've gone to an extreme position, which I think most reasonable Remainers would say, "Well, hang on a minute, you can't mm. do that. You can't, I mean, you can't just, just turn everything pretend around. Pretend it never happened." Right. You know? Well, Cameron says in his book, do, "Do people really seriously believe that if we haven't had that, haven't hadn't had that referendum, um, which he basically ordered?" And I think that the best explanation of why he did it is that he thought he was lucky. Yeah. He thought he'd won the Scottish referendum. Yes. Uh, he'd won the kind of the uh, the election. Yeah. And here's a guy who thinks, you know what? How cool am I? Yeah. I can fucking do anything. That's I can, right. yeah. Ask me, you know, to send a rocket to the moon. I'll get that all I'm sure you know, you're right. Yeah. I'm the king of the, the world, right? Arrogance. And he got caught yeah. out. Very arrogant. Yeah. Um, but he also said something quite interesting in his book that do you really think that if, for example, I hadn't had that referendum at that time, that the people who were complaining about immigration, complaining about uh, too much federal power in Europe, would have just gone away. Well, because I don't think they would have done. But they've been there for 30 years. Bill Cash yeah. has been there for 30 years, banging that drum. But, I mean, as ever, my point would be, those were problems that we could we could fight either at the EU table or we could do something to mitigate those problems yes. domestically. And, and as we know, and as we've heard repeated time and time again over the last three years, there were loads of things we could have done mm. that would have stemmed the immigration. Yes. We could have kicked people out after three months if they didn't have a job and look after themselves and yeah. weren't adding to the economy. We could have argued the case right. at the European Union. We could have done what every other European country did. Uh, apart from Ireland, the UK and Sweden, yeah. which was not to sign up to allow anybody to come here whenever they wanted to come here That's and right. work. That's right. Because every other European country, aside from us three, yeah. didn't do it. And that was Tony Blair's Yeah, it was choice. Tony Blair. And, and Tony Blair and Ed Miliband have since admitted yeah. that they basically wanted immigration because they wanted to swell Labour ranks and they wanted right. all these people to come into this country because they'd eventually vote Labour yeah. having been given the right to come here by Labour. Well, I mean, I did see Blair saying that, you know, recognising that he underestimated the effect that would have. And so, yeah. you, you know, you, you can trace call it, it underestimated. Yeah. You know, got it completely fucking got it, wrong. Got, as well got I it say. very wrong. I remember him saying that 15,000 Poles would come. Yeah. And I'm one of those people who was very grateful for the Polish people coming because they completely replastered my house <laughs> yeah. in Scotland yeah. a lot fucking quicker yeah. and for a lot less money yeah. than anybody in Scotland was going to do because I couldn't find anyone in Scotland. They were all busy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, mate, I could come in about six weeks. I'm like, yeah. no, we're moving yeah. in in two weeks. Yeah. You need it done now, you know. Anyway, um, but a million people came. Yeah. A million. Yeah. Over 15,000. Mm. I mean, how badly wrong is that? 
a lot. Yeah. I mean, that is probably like the worst prediction I've ever heard yeah. of any prediction ever made. But, but isn't it ironic now that people are looking at immigration and saying, actually, do you know what, we're, we're quite in favour of it now. You know, the general uh, sense mm. is that immigration is a positive and yeah. that's borne out by the economy and people are swinging around to it. Just at the moment, we're about to clamp down on it. So. Well, I mean, everybody has a different point of view on immigration. It depends on what kind of immigration. I think what's nice is that people are beginning to now see the nuances. Yeah. That, you know, you can't just go all immigration good or all immigration bad. Yeah. Some kinds of immigration is good, some kinds of it are bad. You know, people turning up as they are now apparently in, uh, in, in high numbers across the channel in dirigible boats. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's not good immigration because these are people who are paying human traffickers, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds and making them rich yeah. while at the same time coming here without any ability to work here yeah. because we have to we have we have for right or wrong signed up to the human rights um, treaties and we therefore keep them here we give them a house and we yeah. give them money well i'm not sure it's quite that simple about it it is pretty simple you don't just we rock don't... up and get a house given to you do yeah you? you do i was talking to somebody just really? the other day yes you do because i've asked people about this we've had about um, you know, 86 people, I think, per day coming in for about the last week or so, right? All being given a house. Yeah. Well, no, some of them might live in the same house. But the fact is they're coming from Iran, they're coming from Iraq, yeah. two yeah. countries that we don't uh, deport people back to. Yeah. So we're not right. allowed to send them back, right? right. Okay. We can't send them back to France because yeah. they haven't registered for asylum there. Yeah. They're registering for asylum here. And we cannot let them have jobs because asylum seekers are not allowed to work. So they are found accommodation. I mean, you yeah. might think this is some kind of right-wing myth, but no, it's no, not. No, 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 I don't it's necessarily not. That makes because, perfect sense. Because yeah. we are obliged by yeah. the way that we operate as a civilised yeah. nation to give people... Now, can you imagine what these guys are being told by the human traffickers in France? Yeah. They're being told, basically, as long as we get you to, to, the, to the coastline, You've got or even house. somewhere near yeah. it, you're in Britain. Yeah, well, I mean, there's t all that kind of stuff sounds very, you know, obviously dreadful and stuff that... You know, people would go, that's just outrageously unfair. Mm. And there's people on council house waiting lists, you know, and you've got these guys. However, I do cast my mind back to the Vietnamese boat people. Funnily enough, there was a Vietnamese uh, guy on one of these boats. I'm not quite oh, sure was why. It? Right. Yeah, okay. Two Filipinos right. and a Vietnamese. But in the 70s, wasn't it? I think the, there was a great influx yes. of Vietnamese. Yeah. And I remember Liverpool got loads of... Vietnamese people, yeah. big Vietnamese Do you remember the big Vietnamese airlift that was organised? I do, yes. Do you yes. remember who organised it? I don't. The Daily Mail. Did they? I'm not joking. You're kidding. I am not joking. Wow. Because David English at the time, yeah. I think was the editor. Yeah. Um, yes, he decided um, basically that, you know, this was a shocking state of affairs. Yeah. And he, uh, uh, the guy that did it is a mate, former mate of mine. I say former because I'm not even sure if he's still alive. A guy called Brian Fremantle. Yes. The, who was a great reporter, then became a sort of crime writer. Yeah. Um, lived in Winchester. I haven't seen him for years. But he was sent to go and organise this entire sort of airlift, basically. Yeah. To How many did they bring over? Well, they brought, they brought a jet full of people. Yeah, I mean, they they chartered, people I mean, it was a couple of hundred. They yeah. chartered a jet. But here's the best bit, right? David English, who was the editor, decided that he was going to go with uh, the trip because he thought, this is my idea. I'm going to get all the uh, glass for it, yeah. right? So they stopped in Singapore on the way back, right? Yeah. He told Fremantle to get off and check all the office and file a story. He took off without him. <laughs> <laughs> He arrives back in London. That's brilliant. There's only one guy from the mail on there. That's who's taking all the play, all the applauses. It was That's English. Really clever boy. But imagine them doing that now. Yeah. The Daily Mail. What bussing in a load of, uh, you know, flying in yeah. two hundred immigrants from Syria. Yeah, I know. Not going to happen, is it? Can't see it. Really. How times have no, changed. How times have but changed. But to that point, isn't that you know a country like Great Britain, right? 
I'm going to sound, say something now that sounds very ethereal and wishy-washy. But shouldn't we be accommodating people leaving terrible we places? We should, yeah. And shouldn't we be welcoming? We should. And but, open to it? But I think that the problem is here, that the, and my objection to it, is that we are enriching a criminal enterprise right, by okay, doing yeah. so. No, I buy That's that, my no, problem. I buy that. If you want to come and live in Britain, yeah. and it may well be that many of these people after they've lived here for a while, make some great contribution. Yeah. But I think what's wrong at the moment is that people have been encouraged to come here from other yeah. countries in Europe where they have not had to register, yeah. right? They have not sought asylum in France, they haven't sought it in Germany, they haven't sought it in the Netherlands, you yeah. know, they've decided to come to Britain. And I think, and I can only conclude, and I'm only saying this because this is my, think, my thought process, because they, they will get a better deal here right. than they will get in any of the other countries. Well, maybe they speak English or they know us from... They may well. I mean, a lot of them are paying thousands of pounds for this, yeah. so they're not yeah. destitute. They're yeah. finding ways of paying. But, you know, isn't this a problem of our creation because we refuse to take people in? And do you remember the, no, I don't do you remember the commitment I mean, to the child? Wasn't it 3,000 children we were going to take in from the Sangat place in uh, well, the camp? Well, one of the and we reneged on it completely. Well, I mean, you can't blame people for being a bit, you know, sort of jumpy about admitting kids from these countries yeah. when you see what some of them get up to. And I know you'll say this is a very small story and a very small number, but don't forget the Manchester bomber, effectively, was brought to this country with his dad yeah. from Libya. Well, I thought he right? was born here, the Manchester bomber. He was. He was a Mancunian. His dad came in from his Libya. His dad came in from yeah. Libya. Okay, yeah. sorry, he was born here. Yeah. Went back to Libya, you yeah. know, then came back and returned as a jihadi. Yeah. You well, know, I mean, I mean but what what's do? the answer to that, though? You know, do you just say, you know, you've got to be... I mean, and this is the terrible thing. What I'm about to say, there'll be loads of people out mm. there who will go, yes, that's the answer. Yeah. Is that you only have English people in England. You know, you own, You know, we go well, back to English. some sort of... Yes, no, but I, what I'm talking about is, is the way that those people define Englishness. In, not, not from a diverse background, not a multicultural, uh, very diverse society. They want it to go back to a kind of well, 19, think, well, think, 1950s idea. I don't English. think it's that. I think you just have to have a, an immigration policy that is workable. Yeah, but how moment, do you stop somebody? How do you stop somebody becoming a jihadi bomber if they were born here to immigrant parents who well, had to come? The Sahid Javid's uh, parents came in yeah. as immigrants from Pakistan. Yeah. Now he's ended up as Home Secretary and now Chancellor of the Exchequer. Yeah. Well, you know, what? Who's to say that somebody who also came in with his parents didn't go the other way and become, you know, a terrorist? Yeah, somebody who knifed people to how death at London them? Bridge. How I do don't know. Them? I don't know how you stop it, but I think we have to get better. Um, and I'm always told whenever we talk to people in charge of security that, you know, there are 500 or so plots at any one time. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard to keep track of all these people. Yeah. But you can only conclude in the end that an awful lot of people who are poisoning the minds of these kids should be stopped. I would yeah. say that must be the way to stop it. Yeah. But again, then you're entering into a, a, a land of, of trouble because a lot of it's on the internet, a lot of it is from other countries. I don't really know what the answer is, but all I'm yeah. saying is, is that certainly... There is wrong immigration and there is right immigration. Yeah. And I think we have to be quite open about that. And we ought to be able to discuss it and say, all right, well, maybe uh, the Trump plan to blacklist countries is the way to go. Mm, right? Well, I, mean, I know that you'd be uncomfortable with that. Well, I'd be more than uncomfortable because it's those countries he wants to blacklist are the ones who most need the, the help. And you've got people in Syria who he wanted to blacklist. Yeah. Who are escaping? I mean, Syria's like it's not some bloody shithole in the desert. Syria is a civilized nation, which has been well. Damascus is one of the great. It used to be one of the most fantastic cities of the world, wasn't it? And 
and but it's not people. anymore. No, but I had a, a guy who used to cut my hair in Knightsbridge, a Syrian barber, yeah. and you couldn't have met a more urbane Oh, guy. of course. And he was from uh, Aleppo, yeah. right, you know, which is now rubble. Yeah. And so you've got... Well, parts. funny enough about Aleppo, right, half of it's rubble, the other half's absolutely fine. You know, there's half of Aleppo, people are sitting like you and I are right now, yeah. with a cup of coffee, doing having a, pod- a chat. Doing a podcast. Doing a podcast about, you know, uh, talk, should we keep letting these wankers come in here from Britain? <laughs> talking you know. shit about Brexit. <laughs> Going, you know, where the hell are they going to leave the European <laughs> Union, you know? yeah. But yeah. Listen, I know you can't make the world, because the world has become ungovernable in many ways. Yeah. You can't stop people from moving. You can't stop freedom of movement. But do you think you can go back from that? Is there any way back from this I'm not sure globalisation? I'm not sure there is. In which case, don't we just have to buy into it? You know, isn't Trump wrong by well, saying... No, Matt, well, in that case, what we need to do is not buy into it, but figure out a new way of actually patrolling it and mm. controlling it mm. and making it safe for people. Because at the end of the day, if, it's up, if, it's a, if, if, if the rule of law is, um, you know, to stop people from moving around and being welcomed into new countries or keeping your people safe, mm. then you should really be erring on the side of keeping people safe, shouldn't you? Do you think this should apply to British people emigrating out to, to other countries? Well, should, I we mean, be, should we be under watch? Yeah, I wouldn't, well, I mean, we are. I mean, when I go to the United States of America, yeah. as you do, I'm standing in that queue to get in, yeah. waiting for them to give me permission. Yeah. I'm not demanding that they let me in. I'm not yeah. going, oi! No, but yeah, after, that, every, every, after you go through border control, yeah. presumably what you're saying is that immigration of the future, there needs to be some sort of watch kept on people to make sure that... That's not, not what I'm saying. No? no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we need to somehow find a system which identifies people who are likely to be a problem right. and not let them in. Right. I don't know how you do that, mm. but I'm not suggesting we keep a watch on people. I mean, look, you know, it sounds very... Attractive if you could if you could somehow read people's minds like Minority Report or something and, mm. and know what they were going to do and say thanks very much but you're not coming in yeah but of course that's not reality and no. everybody is everybody is um, open to to going and you know as America as America sees on, on an all too frequent basis there are plenty of homegrown nutters yeah, exactly. who are going to walk into a shopping mall and kill thirty five exactly. people exactly I'm just saying that you know given that you don't want to make it worse necessarily. No. We could stop invading other countries would help as well, wouldn't well, it? Well, I don't remember the last country we invaded, Well, you? Iraq, yeah. We didn't invade Iraq. Of course we did. I mean, it was a bad idea to go into war with Iraq, but we didn't invade it. We did. No, we did What are you talking about? We sent armies into Iraq. Well, what's your definition of an invasion? An invasion means that you go into a country with vast, vast numbers of people, yeah. right, and you take that country over and you run it. I'm ticking boxes yeah. all the way Britain through with Iraq. That. Yes, they did. No, the Americans did that. We, we just there, went along with them. We were the... Partners in crime on that one. Yeah, but we did not and occupy we, Iraq as a nation. Um, Iraq did not become well, British. There was not a British flag. Bases in there was, not, there was not a British, British. Yes, there yeah, was. Well, British, British bases, bases in Afghanistan. Bases. Yeah, we're not. We're not invading Afghanistan. We did. No, we didn't. Oh my, we did. Look, here's what happened when Britain got invaded. Right, the fucking yeah. Normans invaded Britain, it's, took it over, yeah. and completely changed everything, including the names, the yeah. culture, the religion, yes. and the fucking architecture. Do you know okay? an interesting That's fact? An invasion. Well, I'll just take the heat out of this slightly by telling you a fascinating fact. Do you know why we call uh, a pig a pig, but when it's meat, it's pork? We call a cow a cow, but when it's meat, it's beef. Uh-huh. We call a sheep a sheep, mm-hmm. and then we call it mutton. Mutton, yeah. Right? And it's because when the Normans came in, yeah. the Anglo-Saxons were the ones who did all the farming. Right. Right? So when the animals were alive, the Anglo-Saxon word was used, the pig, the cow, okay. the sheep. Right. But the Normans were the only ones wealthy enough to eat the meat. Okay. So that got the French word. So what were the Anglo-Saxons? Mouton. 
Booth. Right. So I see a flaw in your story. What were the Anglo-Saxons eating? Just porridge. Porridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> porridge. And sometimes, if they were lucky, they would, they would get a bone. Right. Yeah. yeah but basically, the they could suck a bone. Yeah. Or well, that porridge. was an invasion because the yeah. Normans came in as the ruling class. They occupied the land. They stole all the fucking land, took what they wanted, raped all the women, you know, <laughs> and, and basically built all the churches. Yeah. Yeah. And suddenly... We went from being an uncivilized nation to being a very civilized nation. Yeah. Okay. Thanks to the Normans. That well, was the Romans invasion. did. The Romans did the same. That's a proper invasion. Yeah, the Romans did. <laughs> what we did is set up a couple That's of. That's what uh, I call yeah, a proper a invasion. A couple of dodgy, you know. Get in there, rape all the women. Yeah. A couple of dodgy. Build all the churches. That's, That's an invasion. And eat all the beef. Right. <laughs> eat the beef. The buff, even the as they were called it. But in, um, you know, all we did in Iraq was to kind of be the second. Um, string yeah. to the Americans mm. who didn't take the place over either I mean they handed it to Halliburton to occupy the yes. place you yeah. know so to, it was run as a commercial organisation Don Cheney it was run yeah. as a commercial organisation for the best yeah. part of uh, 10 years that was happening, and then everybody it? fucked off yeah. that's not an invasion no have I mean, you seen that film by the way which the, uh, Cheney, is it called Cheney I think about I haven't actually it's no. brilliant it's brilliant no I haven't it's brilliant and it, and it in shows, fact I'm, yeah. I keep waiting for it to pop up on Netflix yeah I, I, don't, it, sort of, I don't think it's on Netflix yet but it's it's absolutely fabulous if yeah. you want to sort of see the mm. corruption of, and how how Cheney basically led George Bush around. Well, listen, the, the great difficulty with all of this stuff, right, is that you know I used to spend a lot of time overnight on the radio talking to conspiracy theorists about how America caused nine eleven. You yeah. know, people making documentaries about how you can clearly see that the buildings shouldn't have fallen yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, all yeah. that rubbish. And then Cheney comes along, right, yeah. and you're able to debunk almost everything that they say. But you can't debunk the fact that Cheney was a corrupt, yep. um, you know, multi-millionaire, yeah. you know, kind of plutocrat yeah. who has done nothing but feather his own nest yeah. and completely make sure that, uh, you know, American foreign policy made him a very rich man. And there was a great, there's a great scene in this film where, there's no spoilers here, but where Bush is in the air after the attacks. Yeah, yeah. And they go, and Cheney, as vice president, is in the war room. Well, at one point, they were keeping him in the air, weren't they? Well, Cheney says, just keep him flying, Mm. right? And he then takes over and starts calling the shots, which had the repercussions 20 years later. Well, Bush at War, I think I've mentioned to you before, Bob Woodward's book, which you should read if you haven't. I haven't read it yet. starts with, basically, a meeting in the Oval Office after 9-11, where, basically, Cheney and Bush tell everybody else, we want Saddam Hussein for this. Yeah. And other people say, well, you know, he's, he's got not, nothing to do. He's not it. the guy. Yeah. And they're like, he's the guy. Yeah. He made a, looking at of, people made a fool of my daddy. He's the guy. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. You know, and there's no, there's no point in pretending that it happened any other no, way. No. You know, but what's interesting now, and I don't want to get anybody worried here, but you know, the biggest attack on the oil business since Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait has just happened in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And these drone attacks in Saudi Arabia are not going to go away for a while. No. I don't know what they're going to lead to. I really don't think they're going to lead to an invasion, mm. right? But it made me think about Saudi Arabia. Here's a country that spends billions on its um, defence budget, right? Yeah. They can't defend against a few drone attacks? Yeah. What's going on? It's nuts. And they spend billions with us as well. Don't you don't they? think... Uh, well, they were just here in Stratford. Do you think it's a... Um, they were just here in Stratford buying a load of uh, arms at the arms fair. Do you think they're, do- yeah, they're doing it to themselves to... Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to start that kind of conspiracy theory, but... Because um, it would drive the price of oil up, which would be handy. Yeah, um, mm. but it would also reduce their capability of producing oil, mm. which is not something they would want. No. Unless they're lying about that. I've become one of these mad conspiracies. It's easy now, to do, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm not joking. You can sit around and go... Yeah. Mm. Mm. I mean, the thing about the Iranians is they tell a lot of lies. Yeah. Right? 
because they also told us that they were not going to deliver that oil to Syria as long as we gave them back the tanker. That's they right. then went and delivered the oil to Syria. That's right. And then pretended yeah. they hadn't done it. That's right. And they went, oh. Did you see, by the way, that the uh, the captain of that ship was offered a million dollars by the CIA? Was he? Yeah. They sent him an email saying, take the ship. you got to love the take, CIA. Take the ship to, um, to a friendly port. Yeah. Right, and we'll give you a million dollars. It might even have been ten million. Was this when it was in Gibraltar? Yeah, yeah. When it was, I think it just left Gibraltar. Right. And it was on its way, and they sent these emails, and the captain just ignored it completely. But extraordinary, what does go on? Oh, amazing, isn't it? Well, I mean, I talked to a, a former um, rear admiral about that whole scenario, and he and he came up with a perfect uh, uh, solution to the problem of the British tanker that had been taken. Um, and the the the, um, the Iranian tanker that they take, and he said, "Here's what you do: you take all the." He said, "The British tanker doesn't have any oil on it, right? So it's worthless." Yes, yeah. there's about 24 members of the crew, um, but you know, you'll try and negotiate to get them. But the, the you know the sort of yeah. the slight yeah. undercurrent was they're not actually British because they weren't. They were sort no, of merchant it was only senior. British registered, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they were merchant seamen from right. Bangladesh or something from like all that, over right? the place. Yeah. I'm not saying their lives are worth no, less, but, close, yeah. but you know, yeah. this is the way these things are done. Yeah. So then. Um, he says, I take all the the, 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 there's about four or five million quid's worth of oil though on the ship that's in Gibraltar. Take all the oil off, right? Say to the Iranians, uh, well, you can, you can have the ship back and, or, or we're going to sell the oil and we're going to keep the money. Yeah. Uh, unless you release our ship and our people. Yeah, yeah. That would have worked. And that would have worked fine. Yeah. You know. I don't said, think people like to be seen to negotiate like that, do they? With, with regimes, no, as they're called. No. That's a very interesting thing. There was a great interview with um, John Humphreys oh, interviewing... Yeah. Uh, a very, very articulate Iranian, I think, I don't know whether he was a parliamentarian or whatever, yeah. but he was very smart, mm. spoke immaculate English. Right. And Humphrey said to him, you know, about the Iranian regime, and the fellow said, why is it Why is it always when it's Iran, it's a regime? But well, you, it is. You don't talk about the French regime or the German well, regime. that's because the French don't lock up homosexuals and throw them off buildings or hang them yeah. uh, or stone them for being adulterous. Yeah, yeah. I think I would say that's probably the I reason. I think you've got that. I wish John Humphreys had said that's that. That's why John Humphreys <laughs> is time to retire. John Humphreys went, oh yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. a good point. It's yeah. a bullshit point. Yeah. And also, the theocracy that they run, which is crazed, you know, um, lunatic, you know, Islamic fundamentalists who are not elected. They've yeah. got a parliament, but the people that run the country... The mullahs. The mullahs yeah. are not actually elected, so yeah. therefore it's a regime. And they call the shots. They yeah. do. Yeah. Shots, literally. Have we slagged off David Cameron enough in this podcast? I don't think we I'm have. I'm not sure. No. I think his, 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 his book is, is a long kind of resignation letter of how useless he's been. Because yeah. he says things like, for example, Turkey. I don't remember Turkey particularly being an issue. But he seems to think it was. Well, Penny Morden, I think, yeah. went around saying they're right. coming in, 72 million. Or right. Yeah. They're all coming to, you yeah. know... Which was just complete Elephant bollocks. Castle. Yeah. yeah, well, presumably somebody said that. Yeah. You know, he says, oh, I probably wasn't good enough at pointing out that that wasn't true. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're the Prime Minister, mate. Yeah. You know, if you want to say something, yeah. you, all you have to do is say it. And Pretty Patel was another yeah. one who, who said exactly that thing. I mean, I think... It's also wrong. I don't remember in, 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 in real time, if you like, precisely what was said. Yeah. But it may well be that Penny Morden said, you know, if Turkey joins the European Union, we've then got an Islamic state yeah. inside the European Union, which would be true because it's moved towards that much more so than yeah. it has ever been. Yeah. I mean, it's not a coincidence, for example, that, you know, Khashoggi was fucking killed in the Istanbul embassy That's right. of the Saudi Arabians, right? Yeah. They chose they couldn't have done it in London. Yeah. Or at least I'd like to think they couldn't. Yeah. They did it in Turkey. And there is a very complicated sort of system for passing laws in the EU, as I discovered from reading Cameron's book, that you actually, you know, you can either have a simple majority for certain things, you have to have all countries actually 
and, and, and one veto stops it. Or you can just have, um, uh, you know, um, what's the other form? The third form is you can have a simple majority or you can just get it through on a majority vote. Right. You know. So in the end, she might have been half right. Yeah. But like everything in Brexit, there is yeah. no absolute. But I mean, so the broader picture though is Cameron. I find it absolutely despicable that here he is having launched this referendum for his own political career, yeah. right? Because he thought he was going to, as you said earlier, he was going to get lucky. The Lib Dems would, it would be another... I think he also did want to get out of Europe. I mean, I think he was Eurosceptic. No, he's not. Oh, I think he is. No chance. Really? I think he was really pissed off that Europe didn't give him anything when he went over mm. begging for something material for yeah. them. But I don't, I don't think for a minute he, he wanted us to exit uh, Europe. But anyway, here he is, like nearly four years later... Yeah. Slagging off Boris Johnson for disloyalty, slagging off Michael Gove, fine, I can't stand either of them. But Cameron, of all of these characters, strikes me as the worst of them all. Because mm. he played, he played whether you're a Lever or a Remainer, he lit the bonfire yeah. that we are now Also, his best mate is George Osborne. Yeah. You know, what sort of a character reference is that? No, you not know, good. I mean, no. there's anyone from the dark side in that whole crowd, yeah. it's George Osborne. Yeah. You know, you might dismiss Boris Johnson and Michael Gove as being disloyal. And I didn't like his use of language either as a Prime Minister, that you're either a team player or you're a wanker. Yes. I thought, well, yes. that's a, why, yeah. why would you say that? Yeah. Sell a few copies. Well, you know, I mean, I wonder. I'm not going to buy the book. What was the advance on it, do you think? Well, I saw a figure, um, which is not a, a confidential figure, that something that this book has cost something like 800,000 quid. Right. Now, I don't know how much of that he's getting. Yeah. But I would imagine, I, you know, he wouldn't yeah, do a book like a that. Good chunk of that. I wouldn't have thought he'd do a book like that for less than half a million, would you? No, no. And it'll get serialisation rights around the world. And well, it started off in the Times and Sunday Times. Don't make a book of it. Don't make a film of it. Yeah, yeah, they probably will. Yeah, Dominic Cumberbatch, as yeah. I like to call him, yeah. uh, even though that's not his name, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, he's almost like a figure. From another time now, though, isn't he? Yeah. Because well, this this sort of podgy Etonian self, yeah, a grand you and know, the humming. I mean, it's remembered for the humming as uh, well. Yeah, what a twat. But what about? I have to mention this as well. You may have seen. I don't know whether you did the retraction that was made by the Observer. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was horrendous. Was it the Guardian? I thought it was the Guardian. Or I thought it was the Observer. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Um, but it came out as a it Guardian. It was bad. Tweet. It was just really bad. It tells you all you need to know, though, about those kind of privileged mm. lefties who are refusing to believe that a man, because they don't like his politics, can't feel grief for the yeah. death of a disabled son. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what sort of... So we should... I mean, so just to clarify, in case people didn't know, they said something like, he's only ever felt privileged pain. Yes. You know, which, you know... So, and they more or less said, you know, if it had been... Uh, you know, he got the best of the NHS yeah. because he went to Great Ormond Street. Well, of yeah. course, a lot of people go to Great Ormond Street, yeah. but that doesn't take away from the, the, the sadness and the grief no, it was horrible. of losing a child. It was horrible. But they did apologize. They took it off two hours later, yeah. and they gave a very fulsome apology and said it fell well be below their standards. So, you know, people cock up. I've cocked up many times. Yeah. I'm sure you have done in journalism. Yeah. I always remember somebody telling me that. I've never done anything like that, though. No, well, I don't think I've got it. I've in never had to write an article be, that's had to be retracted and apologised. Well, for. to have that that little empathy for yeah. somebody who's bereaved. But you know. Journalism's about getting seven out of ten things right, isn't it? You know, and, and yeah, you've had a good well, day. It might be the there. New European. You know, where, where I work, we like to get ten out of ten things No, no, right. no I don't mean facts. I just mean about the way you, 
the stories you choose and the way you project them. And well, I always used to say to people, to be honest, you know, the fact that the number of words that are produced every single day yeah. to produce a newspaper is yeah. incredible. It's that, extraordinary. That more than half of them are, are, it's are not the daily mirror. Can I just clarify that? Yeah. I am not accepting 30% of the facts of the New European being, <laughs> being wrong. Just, just, to, just yeah, there are no just, facts in it Just at all. to spare the twatterati. There's you know. no facts in it at all. Yeah. It's just a, it's just it's a just sort of treaty. One long round. Yeah, it's just yeah. a diatribe of political with, with discourse. Cartoons. With cartoons. It's very good though. Yeah. Um, you can get it. Where can you get it? You might as well get, get it everywhere. Free well, here's a free advert. If you've heard, have you heard of James Harding's new tortoise media no. enterprise? No, brilliant. Uh, slow this is James news. Harding, former, former BBC. cabinet minister, former BBC. No, not on the cabinet. Former BBC, former Times editor. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're thinking, thinking of, of uh, the other guy. Yeah, um, Pennell, aren't I? Yeah, James Pennell. Yeah. So James Harding has. Teamed up with loads of great journalists, Matthew Dancona, Paul okay. Curtis, loads, right. a whole feast of them. And they're doing this thing called Tortoise, which right. is like slow news. Okay. And they have these things they call thinkings, right. a little bit wanky, but they have these thinkings yeah. where people come and discuss an important topic. Okay. And after the thinking, they sort of conclusions. It's like a big editorial conference, okay. but inviting and they readers. It and they stream it live. Okay. And they uh, then write up a conclusion, and that's the, this is what we think about X, Y, and Z. Oh, okay. Anyway, it is brilliant, and we have got an offer right now. It costs two, no, it costs £100 a year to right. join. Okay. And if you subscribe to the New European for 25 quid, yeah. you get 13 weeks of the New European, and you get a year's free membership of Tortoise, okay. worth a hundred quid. Oh. So that's what I would do if Sounds I was good. listening. I, I'll be looking forward to my free um, acceptance. The problem the is they're all massive leaders. Our audience. Well, some of them are. Yeah, it's up to you to build your audience up. I know. Maybe you should give the thought police now for the new European. You're the high profile. Well, guy, yeah, because you know, I'm extremely popular. Yes, I know. You know Frighteningly so. People yeah. are saying, you know, the good thing about Matt Kelly is that he's yeah. becoming a lever with every yeah. week that goes by. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back later this week. Uh, this is the Thought Police. Bye bye. Loads of things we could have done mm. that would have stemmed the immigration. Yes. We could have kicked people out after three months if they didn't have a job and look after themselves and yeah. weren't adding to the economy. We could have argued the case right. at the European we could have done what every They other, ignored us. We could have done what every other European country did, yeah. uh, apart from Ireland, the UK and Sweden, yeah. which was not to sign up to allow anybody to come here whenever they wanted to come here That's and work. Right. That's right. Because every other European country, aside from us three, yeah. didn't do it. And that was Tony Blair's. Yeah, it was Tony Blair. And, and Tony Blair and Ed Miliband have since admitted yeah. that they basically wanted immigration because they wanted to swell Labour ranks and they wanted right. all these people to come into this country because they'd eventually vote Labour yeah. and would be given the right to come here by Labour. I had a, a guy who used to cut my hair in Knightsbridge, a Syrian barber, yeah. and you couldn't have met a more urbane oh, guy. Oh, of course. And he was from uh, Aleppo, yeah. right? You know, which is now rubble. Yeah. And so you've got... Well, parts of, funny enough about Aleppo, right? Half of it's rubble, the other half's absolutely fine. You know, there's half of Aleppo, people are sitting like you and I are right now, yeah. with a cup of coffee, doing having a, a chat. Doing a podcast. Doing a podcast about, you know, <laughs> should we keep letting these wankers come in from Britain? <laughs> Talking you know. shit about Brexit. <laughs> Going, you know, when the hell are they going to leave the European <laughs> Union? It's whacked, you know. Yeah. Humphrey said to him, 
you know, about the Iranian regime, and the fellow said, "Why is it? Why is it always when it's Iran, it's a regime? But well, it is. You don't talk about the French regime or the German well, regime. That's because the French don't lock up homosexuals and throw them off buildings or hang them yeah. uh, or stone them for being adulterers." Yeah. You call it underestimated. Yeah. You know, got it completely fucking got it, wrong. Got, as well got it very wrong.